Man, that, that room did not want me to win so bad. They really did not, but you were the villain. Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only podcast that ties you up with a rope and says, hold on for dear life. Oh my. Oh my. I'm your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared, have I ever tied you up? Not yet, but I've been asking for years. Oh god. Maybe for my birthday. (laughs) No, I already got you your present for your birthday. What is it? Well, I'm not going to tell you. That's fair. Steven, we're coming up on our one-year podcast anniversary. We are coming up on our one-year podcast anniversary. I don't know where it is, when it is. I just know it's the end of July. I do have a note exactly when it is. It is July 28th. Okay. Be, which is a Friday, so I have a little thing for us to do on the day before that the 27th, which is a Thursday. You so mean when I have class? Well, no. We... We'll do it before then. It will release on that day. Understood. <laughs> uh, how's it going, Jared? How, how are you doing? I am hungover, Stephen. Uh, Only a little bit. And I, I now am tracking the number of times I've started a podcast with that. And it is concerning. <laughs> Should we call someone? Do no. you need help? Absolutely not. It's, okay. It's, it's mostly a joke. And like, hey, it's summer. I'm having a hot girl summer. Whatever. Hot girl summer, baby. In your defense, you were here... There was a scheduled party that you were coming to. Correct. And you helped set up for it, and you had a good time. And I stayed till uh, till it was over, and then had an after party. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably where I cut the line of... (laughs) I had fun, too. I am not nearly as hungover as you were. And then... I was also in charge of a lot of things, so... I didn't get to have the, the fun that you had. Yeah, I mean, that's... You had a different kind of fun, I hope. Yeah. Uh, there is a, okay, we love How I Met Your Mother, despite it be aging poorly, being problematic, and not, like, super well written, but, mm-hmm. like, we have nostalgia for it. Sure. So I'm gonna use an example from that that actually is probably a little problematic, but the crazy hot scale that Barney has, where it's like, I don't know what type of graph that is, so that's, that's my, where, like, they, like, intersect. It's, it's a line graph, yeah. Well, it's, it's a double line graph of, yeah. like, which, the point where they intersect. That, that is... Me for drinking alcohol and eating. Mm-hmm. Like, I need... Once it gets to the point where the alcohol is caught up to the food consumption, I have to eat more or I'm going to be hungover. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I don't eat enough. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Do you want to uh, tell the people the, the text that you used? You woke up this morning and went, oh, what the hell was I talking about? <laughs> so Stephen hosted a trivia game. Yep. This was a... For context, this was a Christmas in July. Sorry, Chris Hanukkah in July. Oh yeah, so it was both. It was both. Uh, the trivia game ended on a like final Jeopardy type question, <laughs> where what were the three questions, Stephen? Yeah. So if you ever want to, like, if you're ever hosting a trivia game, if you're ever playing with people that you know and you want to gaslight the hell out of your friends, uh, I had three questions, all based on things that happened that night. The first one. I greeted every single person that walked in the door, except for the person that walked in during the trivia game, and she was upset about that. But, <laughs> the, different story. They were going to win anyway. Uh, I, gre- I greeted everyone who walked in with, 
happy holiday hoedown pilgrims and shook their hands. And it was weird and everyone was giving me concerned looks and I said, no, I'm committing to this bit. Which it kind of blended in because we commit to every bit. Yes. And so that was my first question is, what was the thing that I said to you when you first walked in the door? Nobody got it exactly right. I gave some partial credit. Yeah. I think, yeah. So, so I woke up and I'd forgotten these questions and Stephen has text the answers. <laughs> so I woke up to three texts that I'd sent to Stephen mm-hmm. that was happy holiday hoedown. The second question was about this horse racing game we played where we had named all of the horses and what was the name of the number five horse. And I did remember which one it was, but I didn't get the name quite right. So I just put down, it was Gludolf, which was actually one I made, came up with. It was. I just put down glue horse. Glue horse. <laughs> I, I was like, it has something to do with glue because go to the glue factory. And then the third question was, what was the pattern on the tie on his sweater that he had taken off earlier? Which I'd put like checkerboard or something like that. So I woke up to three texts <laughs> with no context when I went to text Stephen this morning. That was just happy holiday hoedown, glue horse, and checkerboard pattern. And I went, why the fuck did I text what this? What happened? And then I remembered. It was great. I, I had a good time. It wasn't even like it was like a blackout thing. It's that the rest of the game was in an app. So I had forgotten that I that those answers were texted. Yep. So I was like, why did I text these words to him? <laughs> None of this makes sense. You're welcome. It was fun. It was a good party. It I, was a good party. I think throwing themed parties that are loosely connected to like anything can just be for fucking any reason is great. Hmm. And Michaela's a good host. Yeah, Michaela's a good host. I'm just there for the funds. Well, you guys are a good hosting pair, because Michaela will meticulously plan every single detail, and you will create a couple of loose activities. And then I'm a decent third hosting partner, because every party needs some, needs someone they can bully to bring them all together. Uh, <laughs> well, speaking of things that you can bully to bring people together... Emails. If you want to email us, feel free to do so. Email us at SurvivorTPT at gmail.com. Or you can message us on Twitter, at SurvivorTPT, or Reddit, u slash SurvivorTPT. I want to reiterate what the email is. It's SurvivorTPT at gmail.com. I think I said at email us at SurvivorTPT, which I think can get confusing. Yeah. Anyway, emails. <laughs> Our first finale email is from Tyler. I don't know if you're going to go back and read my email from the previous episode, so in case you don't, I'm resending what I said about Heidi here. So yes, we got that. Uh, Jenna appeared near nude in an anti-fur ad for PETA with Survivor Africa's Ethan that featured the slogan, I'd rather dance naked than wear fur. She also modeled swimwear and was the CEO of a modeling scout... Modeling scouting company called Model Challenge USA. She was a model before the season started. Correct. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Ew, PETA. But <laughs> Ew, PETA. I don't know if we knew PETA was as bad back then. The, well, I'm, I'm there for, like, rare furs are gross to me. Yeah. I, I understand, like, making things out of fur because there are animals and, like, at some point you do need... Animals do need to be, like, population controlled. Yeah. Specifically deer. We come from the Midwest. Deer are a problem if, yes. they, if the population is not controlled. But, like, endangered animals? 
animals that could it that it's unethical to farm their stuff. Elephants, tusks, like, like I, elephant first. Ele- elephant does not have fur, but you get what I'm saying. Yes. Is that there is a line, and PETA was on the right side of that line in my brain. Just a bad messenger. PETA also is is a bad messenger and is horrible and does horrible unethical things. About- okay, this is a oh, side tangent. Go on. There was someone in my high school that started a PETA club. Oh, so. Me and my friend, my friend ended up actually dating her shortly after this, so that was kind of funny, but uh, started a puppita club. What does that mean? The people against the people for ethical treatment of animals. <laughs> <laughs> we were not against the ethical treatment of animals, we were against the people for ethical treatment of animals. Yeah. Like, we don't have to go into all of the details, but just do a quick Google search of what PETA does. And it was, it's bad. It was in the time of, like, Facebook groups. So we made a Facebook group. And it was funny because, like, years afterwards, we would get random boomers who would just be like, can I join the group? And it's like, dude, this was, like, seven high schoolers trolling somebody. <laughs> Where did you find us? How did you get here? <laughs> That's funny. I was looking for the... Uh, also said that Jenna made a had a part in an off-Broadway play named Pieces. Oh, I was cool. looking for some information about it, but I also found that apparently she's made a an appearance on TNA Impact Wrestling. That's cool. And I was like, oh, okay. It's one of those like celebrity appearances that she just like shows up and, and does a thing, and then like we crown her champion, and then we never see her again. No, she was on 18 episodes of TNA Jesus. Impact Wrestling. Jenna's cool. Jenna's cool. <laughs> so yeah, that's the end of that. And also Heidi has it that in her jury question, she was actually trying to get Jenna to say Dina because she thought Dina might feel betrayed by her. Oh. That's what Heidi says. I, I don't know. I could actually see that because Heidi wanted Jenna to win so fucking bad mm-hmm. that I think I, I, could, I could definitely see that because... I like it's not like Heidi needed that validation. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Take take that for what you will. I Heidi is the smartest person on that cast, so maybe she's an evil mastermind in that one. Well, and like I can imagine too, like if you were a finale or a finalist, and I was a jury member, and in there's we have not been able to talk the entire time, mm-hmm. but I know what other people's feelings are. I might try to guide you towards saying something to put somebody on your side. So I could totally see that happening. Sure, And it's been widely noted that people try, people on the jury try to sway other people who are on the jury. Sure. Through better or worse tactics. Yeah. And they should. It's a jury. Like, that's how, like, juries work in real life, too. Sure. (laughs) You all have the same information and you're trying to come to a group consensus. But they don't all have the same information, though. Well, they can share it with each other. Yeah. But that's where it, that's where the power of manipulation lies, is people who True. are in the game, especially people who are in the game late, have way more information that they can and cannot disclose to the juries later down the mm, road. That's true. Because there's so much game that is not shown to the juries. That's true, yeah. Like, what does fucking Dave know about what's been happening at camp for two weeks? Nothing. Yeah. Not a damn thing. Okay. Anyway... Carl email. Carl, woo! Six seasons down. And so far I could say my season ranking is the exact same as Jared's. Wow. This will definitely change eventually, uh-huh. but we're like two horses in tandem for now. 
Where it's uh, Bob the Drag Horse and Glu- uh, Gludolf. Just... <laughs> Do you want to go... I have the list of horse names that we came up with. So these were the horse names for this horse theme game we had yesterday. All right. And the first spot was Dashing All the Nay. And the second spot was Mare Christmas. Mary. Or Mare E Christmas. Yeah. Yep. As we've mentioned, Gludolf. <laughs> Hannah Klomp? Hannah Klomp. Hannah Klomp. That yeah. makes more sense. Hannah Klomp. That's right. Steven's contribution, Hoof Hearted. Hey, I've played this game before. Hoof Hearted has to be the heel. Yeah. It absolutely... And you have the 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 heel in the seven slot because... It's the most likely to be rolled. Yeah, you're rolling dice and the seven is going to win more likely than not. Yeah. And uh, yeah, everyone gets angry. I love it. Chestnuts. Natal, 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 but like dreidel, 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 not like baby, baby, baby. <laughs> it sounds like baby, baby, baby. It sure does. Eve, comma, Christmas... And Bob the Drag Horse. <laughs> Bob the Drag Horse was everyone's favorite. Bob the Drag Horse was everyone's favorite. And it when, when the least likely horse won and people were so excited about it, mm, peak, peak game two there. The number of times I screamed, come on, Bob, let's go, Bob. <laughs> and not just you, the entire room Correct. screaming at the top of their lungs. Anyway, great. Notes. Yeah, the public did not like Jenna winning at all, and from an editing perspective, I really think the story makes no sense. Matt is built up at the as the heroic underdog, while Jenna is trashed as the whiny spoiled brat. I think a couple of reasons for this, I think there are a couple of reasons for this, but none are very satisfying in my opinion. One, like some somebody else said, maybe the chill one spoils the chill one spoilers pissed off production, so they decided to throw the audience a curveball. They're trying to, like... Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the actual winner wasn't spoiled, just the final two. Uh It was reported to be a girl named Jenna and a guy with his hair parted to the side. But even so, with the rest of the season spoiled, maybe they want to surprise the audience at the end? Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Especially because, like, yeah, how how could the winner have been spoiled? It would have had to have been the final two because nobody knew who the winner was. Unless Chill One was sitting in the bushes trying to write down these Fucking counting votes. Which I don't think production would... They're secretive at the time of this. They're they're secretive of it now. Like, they're going to protect that shit all they can. Does anyone know who Chill One is? Like, the real human? I think someone said earlier that there was, like, a biography or a memoir of... But I'm wondering if they had to do it anonymously, because, like, I can imagine CBS would sue the fuck out of them if they knew who they were. As they should. Although maybe they can't, because maybe it's like, yeah, I went to a public area and watched with my eyes. (laughs) What are you gonna do? Yeah, it's a good point. I don't know. Uh, another reason, maybe they were trying to tell a sort of redemption story, where at the end, Jenna shows a real personal growth and earns the win. Uh, they kind of, sort of do this, although I'm not sure if it's because that's the story they wanted to, or because Jenna really did have a lot of growth in the last couple of days. Mm. <sighs> that one's tough, because if they did, they did a poor job of selling it. Agreed. And three, her beef with Christy. Obviously, the show's first death contestant had to be the hero in whatever conflict she was in, but it really ties the show's hands when she has beef with the winner of the show. Yeah. But, I don't know. Christy kind of put everything in a weird spot when Christy voted for Jenna in the finale. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. And if Christy won't own up and say, yeah, I voted on accident, then... I have to take her for her word saying, 
no, I really think she was more deserving than Matt. <laughs> the person who bullied me for a season is more deserving than this possibly insane person. Yeah, I mean, and maybe she had some reflection too and realized that she could have gone with Jenna and Heidi, that mm-hmm. they gave her a good option and she didn't take it, and then was like, well, that you've made good plays, so, all right. I hope so. And th- just to clarify, I don't think Jenna is a bully. No. I just think that, like, the way the show portrayed it, it made Jenna to be the bully in that high school situation. Yes. Which we have already described at length, so I'm not going to continue to do that. People never really rank winners before now. They basically started doing it after Jenna won, and it was the it was only so they could shit on her by putting her last. Wow. <laughs> Which is, as I know, will not be the order that you will put Jenna Correct. in. <laughs> just, just from what I know here. Uh, maybe the Amazon itself was trying to get back at Butch for all the Woody chop down. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. On Christy, I lean toward believing the rumors of her not understanding the voting rules because, like everyone else said, many cast members started talking at the reunion of how maybe Christy hadn't understood the rules. Every season up until now, CBS released every final voting confessional on their website. This was the first season they didn't do that. Interesting. Mm. That is interesting. That's a little damning on that one. Christy was recruited and hadn't seen the show before. Mm. And four, her final tribal council question to Jenna is so aggressive that it doesn't make sense to me that she'd turn around and vote for her. Thank God it wasn't the deciding vote. Uh, yes. Thank God that vote didn't matter. Because otherwise we'd be having a whole different conversation uh-huh. right now. Huh. Oh. Like Jeff said, there was no interpreter provided to her, so maybe she missed something. If this was the only point, then I wouldn't even mention it, but with everything else, I don't know. And honestly, I thought her response to Jeff's reunion question was kind of candid lame. Yeah, it, it came off like she didn't know what to say. Yeah. So that kind of all tracks. And Carl goes on to say, I mean, obviously it could be completely wrong, but there's smoke there. Yeah. And I agree. I think there's there's something there. And until we get that note from Christie's deathbed saying, yeah, I screwed up, we'll never know. It reminds me, I mean, if she had been the deciding vote, I wonder what CBS would have done. It reminds me of Africa, where they fucked up the trivia, mm. and they had to pay them all out the second place prize for, like, fire for, like, four people. So, I wonder if they would have just give both of them a million dollars, like, if if that had been the case. I, I think Survivor could hide behind the point that it wasn't them that screwed up, it yeah. was the contestant that screwed up. That's true. So therefore, the, the results are, are valid. Wow. I don't know. Thank God. Cool. That's all we'll touch on for now. We have a couple emails that we'll use for next episode. But for now, shall we get into the episode? How would we do that, Stephen? There's a word that I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. Is it a car? No... It's a bumper! I love that part of that bit involved facial reactions for an audio medium. (laughs) Yeah. Alright, so this episode came out on October 2nd of 2003. Nothing happened in the week between episodes. I tried. I scoured. Nothing. (laughs) The most relevant, newsworthy thing was that Halle Berry got divorced for the second time. 
and I don't care. So I did pull one thing I just thought was interesting in science. Smart One satellite is launched by the European Space Agency from the Guillain Space Center in Corral, French Guinea. So it's be the Guinea Space Center for a moon orbit. Okay. Science happened. Science. That's it. There is a new song Ooh. on the top of the charts. It All is right. Baby Boy by Beyonce featuring Sean Paul. I don't know this song. Yes, you do. I, okay, off the top of my head, I don't know this song. Baby boy, they on my mind. Okay, there yep, it is. Yep. yep. The top five movies of the week have actually changed pretty significantly. I guess once upon a time, Mexico's still hanging out there. Secondhand Lions. Underworld has fallen out to number three. Under the Tuscan Sun at number two. Heard of it. And The Rundown at number one. Have you heard of The Rundown? I have heard of The Rundown. I don't remember what it is, though. So I have a theory that... If they keep doing the seasons in the time slots they're doing them for the year, mm-hmm. they keep doing that like a spring and then like an early fall, our even number seasons are going to have shit movies at the top of the list, <laughs> and our uh, odd number seasons will have good movies. That's fair. Because there's a, a lot of recognizable movies in there, and last season we're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> so, the description for this. Beck, the Rock, is a tight-lipped bounty hunter who doesn't like to use a gun and accepts any job without asking questions. When Beck's employer, Walker, played by William Lucking, sends him to the Amazon to locate Walker's cocky son, Travis, Sean William Scott, Beck discovers a population controlled by a tyrannical treasure hunter, Christopher Walken. To survive, Beck and Travis must work together without their affections for a mysterious rebel, Rosario Dawson, getting in the way. It's a star-sided cast. Yeah. How do you think it was rated? Critic score, I'll go with a 46. 70. It's actually pretty well regarded. And 66 wow. for audience score, so it's okay. pretty close. It seems like a, a fairly well regarded, if not safe and kind of like non-exceptional movie. See, I was thinking this was like the prototype of the WWE movies, where they take a WWE star and they throw him in some stupid action movie. Yeah, but you put Rosario Dawson and Christopher Walken, and it's going to be good. Sure. I had assumed, doing my mental math here, that they're like, all right, this is the first one, let's make it good. Yeah, I mean, that is crazy that, like, Rosario Dawson, Christopher Walken, and The Rock are still household names, and it's been 20 years. Yeah. So, yeah, I was was way off base on that one. All right. Anything else for me? Nope. Then let's get into the episode. Episode 3, United We Stand, Divided We Fall? I'm assuming that's the title. It cut off on... Right. On the screen, because that's how it works. United We... Dot, dot, dot. United We? <laughs> um, one thing about the recap from the previous episode, Jeff calls him Skinny Ryan. He does. Fucking hilarious. <laughs> Have we ever had a recap with, like, the official Jeff voice calling somebody anything other than their name. Like, it just felt like that is... You're not Ryan S. It'd be like if... It'd be like if in Africa he called... Like, he called... Maybe... No, did he ever say Young Kim? I don't think so. I think we just said that. I think we just said Young Kim. Yeah. So, like, if he was just like, and old Kim couldn't quite, like, make it over the hump or, like, whatever. Like, what? Yeah, he would say, like, Kim Powers and, uh, Kim... Johnson. Johnson, yeah. Yeah. Kim J. Hilarious. This season as a whole feels like they got feedback, or maybe there was something that was happening in reality television, that we need more confrontation and people like that. 
because Jeff feels like he's pulled the gloves off, mm-hmm. and it feels like the show is trying to get people to hate each other. <laughs> yes, but I also think he's jumping on the bandwagon of what these people are doing and the society they're building in these small clumps. Because mm-hmm. he's also in the challenge, he is now very loudly using the nickname Rhino. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to, like... As before, he seemed very separate from these people. It seems like he's trying to weave his way in a little bit better. Agreed. Which I think is is good. It's needed. This feels this season feels like there was a pretty monumental shift behind the scenes of the way of the guiding principles of how they construct the show. Mm. Challenges have become bloodbaths. They are physical and violent. <laughs> Drama is injected in mm-hmm. in the in the case of the other person's camp. Uh, it feels like a lot of Jeff's banter is much more like egging them on to like violently hate each other, which is the correct drama to inject. It, it's game strategy drama, and not I snuck a granola bar into a box and made everyone think that a person did that. Correct. That's. It's organic, yeah. even though it's not. It feels organic. It, yeah, it it feels it feels honest. Yes. Like it's like okay, cool. Yeah, you want these people to fucking hate each other, but you're telling us and them that those are the rules that you are playing by. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, I stand corrected immediately. It is just united we stand, divided we dot 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 question mark. Okay, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Because it doesn't give away the ending of the episode in the title. Sure. But then again, I, I didn't catch it either way, so... <laughs> it's, a, it's a bad title for things. It's okay for this scenario. Yeah. Anyway, we open at Morgan Tribe. Morale is low. Jesus Christ. Morale is real low. We need a victory. Any kind of victory. It's a shame they're not going to get they're it. They're not going to get one. Nope. <laughs> Poor Lillian. We don't always go through and see the emotional toll of removing people from your tribe. Mm-hmm. There's rare cases where we get like people being like, ah, we had to do it, but like none of us really wanted to. But like Lillian's in tears yeah. over losing her friend. Yes. It's very sad. And she's, she's praying. She's praying for strength. She's taking this very personally that uh, Ryan, Skinny Ryan is voted out. She's pissed at Austin because Austin said he wanted to be done and she is pushing this narrative to Andrew and Andrew is hearing her out. He's clearly not taking her side on this, but he's hearing her out. Like, there is a weird connection and I think of anyone on that tribe that's left, Andrew is Lillian's closest friend. Agreed. Or he's a better leader than we give him credit for. Oh, I actually think Andrew, in this episode, I I swung all the way to Andrew's a fantastic leader. Ooh, tell me more. He is, like, his his tribe is not doing well. And he was dealt a shit hand. Now, Rupert's a monster. (laughs) Rupert wins both of these challenges basically single-handedly. Yes. That is not something that Andrew can out-lead. Which is weird, coming off of last season, where so much was not 
physical base, and suddenly Rupert can dominate this game physically. Well, they they had to plan for what if it's the, since they had a gender divide in the tribes, mm-hmm. they they did not want to showcase physical challenges at least until individual challenges. Yeah. And even then it was just rewards, yeah. really, for the most part. But now they get to just throw shit at the wall. <laughs> but I, like, you look at Rupert and you look at Austin, and, like, sure, Austin's strong, but, like, Rupert's a fucking mountain of a man. He cannot win this season. He's too much, like, people will vote him off before he can take immunity run. I feel like that's what's going to happen because... Mm. He is such a threat, and there is nothing he has done to try to show people <laughs> that he is not a threat. Sure. But all that being said, Andrew is keeping his tribe mostly together. He's found a core group of four. They have not won a single challenge, but it doesn't feel to me like they're rolling over dead. It feels like he is navigating a very, very tough situation and making the best of it. Sure. At what point does your spirit break? At what point does it give out? And it hasn't. Like, without Andrew, I think it would. Mm. I mean, sure, somebody would probably step up and fill that void. But, like, he's dragging the corpse of Austin along. <laughs> well, speaking of that, Austin does reiterate that he is not going to quit. Sure. He, he is saying, like, no, I'm, I'm in it now. Like, let's do it. I am so over Austin. Except for... Okay. If the immunity challenge changes his spirit and picks him back up, I can be back in on Austin. But up until that challenges episode, I was just fucking done with him. It's like, you're so fragile. You came in with such an ego. You have, like, you are being a crybaby. And I get it. Your spirits are, your, your spirits are broken and you're down. But I don't know. Like, you're, you're, you're letting the group down. Yeah. And also selling your clothes is fucking stupid. <laughs> Yes, correct. Just and like I said in episode one, at least I think I did. If I said it was smart, then I'm stupid. But it's fucking stupid. <laughs> it is. It is stupid. And yes, he is still paying for it in this episode. On the Drake tribe, we, we're we on a treasure hunt, baby. We're going to take that map for last time. We're going to try to search now that tide is lower. And they're going everywhere. They are going to islands that kind of appear and disappear based on the tide. And they are digging everywhere. And Rupert's kind of saying, I think this is dumb. And I agree with Rupert because he says, you don't bury something where it has a chance to wash away. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think he's right. Yeah. He goes on to say, like, pirates are not idiots. People are not idiots. I disagree with the second half of that one. Sometimes people are idiots. Uh, they're not going to bury it in a spot that it's just going to get re... It's just going to float up to the surface. Yeah. Like, that doesn't make sense. So, Rupert has ideas. We don't find anything. But what happens next is the interesting thing that we get from the next time on, from last episode, where... We start talking about the next challenge. We get tree mail. Sandra and Johnny Fairplay are arguing over who's going to participate. This is a stupid fucking argument. It is a stupid argument. And on both of their sides. Like, Sandra, you're taking this way too personally. You don't have to have the biggest dick in camp. John, Johnny Fairplay, Johnny McFuckface, 
shut the fuck up. <laughs> Just shut up. This is one of those arguments in camp that in all aspects was probably a nothing. Uh, well, honestly, it probably is boiling over from seven days of living together when you fucking hate each other. Do you think they hate each other? Yes. Okay, tell me more. Well, it seems like everyone kind of hates Johnny Fairplay a little bit. And Sandra is very loud, very outspoken, very combative. I love her. <laughs> I can imagine for somebody that is, um, let's say, a little problematic. Like, I think Johnny Fairplay's a little, a little problematic. Having a loud, opinionated women of color say they're better at anything than you is probably not something he's experienced a lot of. And I, I don't know. He just, I don't think they, I think they, I, I think this is like an argument that's not about the argument. Okay. I, I agree. I don't think it's about the argument. I think it's, it's a stupid boiling over that in all means means nothing. But I see what you're saying where you're like, does it actually mean more than the argument? Yes. The straw that broke the camel's back. Sure. Yeah. Well, I'll leave it at that. I, but the the great line to take away from this is it gets heated and Johnny Fairplay is yelling at Sandra. And Sandra's like, you know what? I can get loud too. What the fuck? That's a great line. It is. It's so... It's so dumb, but it's so great. And then we get a confessional of Johnny Fairplay being like, there's bigger threats than her, but, like, she's not going to be in the final four. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, John, who is your alliance? Which, we don't know any don't alliances know. inside of Drake. No. And we didn't know any alliance. There really wasn't an alliance inside of Morgan, but one kind of formed organically, it seems like. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, I, it doesn't seem to... Maybe it's maybe it's Johnny Fairplay, Sean, and Burton. Who knows? Yeah, who's to say? I mean, I knows, but... Well, yeah. It's okay. Uh, Every, most people listening besides me know. Yeah. He was on to say, like, I got a mill that says she won't be in the final... She won't be the final one. Essentially saying, I'm gonna win, she's not gonna win. Yeah. Yeah. Then we move on to the reward challenge. Bolton Royale! <laughs> nice. Thank nice. you. It's, it's bumper boats, but if the bumper boats were trying to sink each other. Yes. It's a very weird challenge. I like it. Okay. I I like the concept, and it looks like it would have been very fun to do. Yes. It's filmed terribly. It is filmed it's terribly. It's way too zoomed in. Just give me a wide shot. Just let me watch them going at each other. I don't need to see the zoom-ins of like, oh, and there's a bucket, because I don't know what the fuck is happening. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like, okay, cool, I see them throwing water on Rupert. I don't know the context of what's going on the rest of their boats. Yeah. I think this was a situation where because they are in an enclosed arena with nothing on the outside other than water, it made it very difficult to film this without showing the other cameras. Oh, yeah. Because you can probably have one. I'm assuming there was one at the corner on like a perch. Yeah. There was one in a boat. And possibly one more in a boat on the inside of the arena trying to get, like, close-up shots. Yeah. Which makes it very difficult because the boats are moving and you don't want the boats in the camera. Yeah. I think this is an impossible 
it's so hard to film other than, like you said, on a wide shot. Just give me the wide shot. That's fair. I don't need all the action shots. Get two cameras. One wide shot, one from the perch for two different angles. Boom, mm-hmm. you're done. Because, like, I want to see the two Drake boats fighting the Morgan boat while Austin's off in the corner trying to figure his shit out. Or, like, I don't know. And also, that hook had me a little nervous. It, it looks like a dangerous <laughs> item that they were using. Yeah. I do want to uh, comment a little bit. Have you ever watched bad... Or I shouldn't say bad. Have you ever watched like low-level sports on the internet where they're streaming it, but it is only that one angle? No. Would if you go to like a small college or your high school to streaming for your sporting events, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Where you you're watching it, the experience is not there. Mm. It's it's hard. But to, this is so short. Yes. Oh, I agree. This I think they thought this was going to go much longer than it was. It actually does. Uh, there are plugs on the outside of the boats that they use. They're like, you're supposed to use the hook to pull out the plugs. Mm. And they kind of do that. But like you were right, that hook looked like a weapon. Yeah. And was real close to just being like whacked at each other. Yeah. It's wild. It is wild. But I think this is a fun and cool challenge. It's fun. I don't like it, but it's f- it would be fun to do. I don't like it on survivor level. I wonder if it would have been better as a race. Get your... Keep the same number of boats. Mm-hmm. Here's your starting line. Here's your finish line. First one to cross or the one who makes it the farthest. Stay within these lanes. Stay within, like, the lanes. And also you can try to sink the boats next to you. Ooh. You know how I would spice this up? How? Let's Mario Party this shit. Let's make one boat... A chase boat and one boat, a flea boat. So the the one boat has the tools, but it doesn't have like the hook, and it just has paddles. You get paddles and you get a bucket, and you can try to get it out, and you're just trying to run away while the other boat. So you're you're essentially splitting your tribe into two teams: a chaser. offense and defense. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. I would love that. There we go. I've solved Survivor. <laughs> we can go. We can go home, everybody. Yep. <laughs> anyway. Like you said, it's... Rupert basically wins this on his own. Rupert wins it on... He just takes his hook and starts shoving boats under the water. Yeah. <laughs> I did love Daryl, like, taking a bucket and trying to sh- throw water directly in Rupert's face to Honestly, try to stop this. Honestly, that was probably the most effective thing anyone on Morgan did. It was. It was absolutely... Like, it was a good move. Did it work? No. She should have put the bucket on his head and just, like, <laughs> held it there. Hey, sorry, Rupert. We need you not participating <laughs> in this. Uh... But this also, this challenge, I mean, Drake won this challenge and won yeah. it pretty easily. But it also gave me the confirmation on what I've been thinking this whole time. It is pronounced Tawana. Tawana. Okay. Yep. Uh, but anyway, Drake loses. I love the flips that the watching participants jumped off of and did flips into the water. Johnny Fairplay and Melissa? There's one girl on Drake we haven't gotten any... Michelle. Michelle? Okay. Yeah. That's the only... Michelle and Trish are the two we haven't gotten anything from on Drake. Trish is old person on that tribe. Yes. So that's probably why. But not like quirky old person like we've seen in the last couple seasons. I think it's just because the other people are so interesting. Like Johnny Fairplay, Sandra, Mm -hmm. Rupert, 
uh, Krista. Somebody's got to get buried. They're all interesting, and we can only spend so much time at Drake because they're winning everything. In a tribe where everyone is still there and has been there the entire season, someone's got to get buried. Yeah. Might as well be Trish, I guess. Not forever, I hope. No. I hope they don't amber them, but... <laughs> uh, yeah. So, Drake wins. They get another piece of the map. They get to, as Chris says it, pillage the village. And the conversation is, well, what do we take? And they come to the consensus that we're going to take the pot. It's it's super easy. Chris is feeling a little uh, unsure about it until she gets there and sees that they have two pots. Yeah. The goal from people was to punish them and make them have no water. Some of some of their goals. Yes. So it seems like Rupert and Krista were on the. God, we don't want them to die. In which you yes. can say, that's the show's fault and responsibility. Like, that is not your responsibility as a contestant. But also, some of them are like, we'll take the water pot because we only have one. Mm. So if they come raid us, now we'll have two. So it's all, it's both punishment and strategy that gets them to this decision. I genuinely don't know what they would do if they get in a situation where it is unlivable for more than a day. Yeah, that's a great question. Because you need water. Like, you need water... At least every three days, or you will die. Yeah. And probably more, because you are They're sweating, actively competing. You're competing, yeah. 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 It's a great question. I don't know. I, I assume they have to come up with, like, a punishment or a way that they can get a pot back, right? <laughs> we have Jeff coming into camp, like, season two, being like, so you didn't ration your pots very well. <laughs> what Give me mean? all your stuff. What do you mean? Uh, so anyway, they to prep Krista coming, Morgan Tribe hides their nets. They heat up the pot so she can't just, like, take it out of the fire. This is the Bush League stuff I'm saying that, like, I don't... This is the only reason I don't like this mechanic, because, yeah, what is stopping them from just hiding shit? Yeah. I think hiding is is fair game. Like, hide your shit. Uh, As long as it's not, like, unreachable. Sure. But if it's hidden, and you're like, I don't know where it went. Aw, shucks. I don't know. It it does get a weird dynamic, I guess. Can you take their boat? No. They need their boat. Oh, yeah. They need it for challenges. Yeah. They need to be able to get... Because they're not on the same island yeah, for yeah. the first time. So they can't just be stuck on an island. Correct. Uh, <laughs> Congratulations. Drake wins every challenge by default. They're the only one showing up. Yeah. So Tawana greets and Tawana and Andrew are very nice to Krista. Well, Krista's very nice. Krista's very nice, but it is it is a very different reception than we had for Sandra. Yes. Sandra and Krista came in with different energies. That's fair. <laughs> That's very fair. Krista came in with an aw shucks. I don't I'm just here because I gotta be. Sandra came in as like, alright, I beat you guys, so okay. here I am. Yeah. And she's getting hugs all around, so like it seemed much more welcome and much more like, hey, we can take advantage of this stupid young girl. Yeah. Let's try to get information out of her. Which I think she's smarter than them. She is. Yeah. She... Also, I do love that the season is just every time we think Morgan's hit rock bottom, they find new <laughs> rock bottoms. They continue to dig. But yeah, Andrew was trying a little too hard to get information. Yeah. I was like, this... Andrew, I know you're a lawyer, <laughs> this isn't a deposition. She can just lie to you. You yeah. have to be more... You have to be sneakier than that. Yeah. I did like the line, her big bird personality. Yeah! <laughs> From Rhino. Yeah, that... 
I, I love the imagery. I don't agree because I like Krista. Same. But, I, I mean, well, technically he's right. It is a farce. Like, she's yeah. playing dumb. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Also, we had a Dara sighting. We did have a Dara sighting. And we're about to get more of Dara because in the, we go to immunity challenge. I... Uh, oh, yeah. Immunity challenge. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So they're, they're told, choose your strongest and your smallest tribesmate. Mm-hmm. And it's all very obvious who's being chosen for yeah. this. Like, there's a slight hesitation from Andrew where Andrew's like, Austin, can you... Can you do this? Mentally, can you do this? Can you do this? Like yeah. you're very clearly the strongest person. You're you're big and you have very large muscles. Yeah. Are you gonna be able to pull it together for a few minutes to he, do this? He did. He did. He did very well in this challenge. So we get to immunity challenge. We have tribe flags for the first time. Oh yeah. Yeah, because Jeff makes an important distinction saying, You're gonna bring these every time now. Weird to do that on episode three. Yes. That should have been built in on episode one. Because they they mentioned them, and I thought they were going to be used in the challenge, and then I forgot about them because they weren't. Nope. But yeah. Huh. But that is a staple of Survivor now. That yeah, you just, you're right. You carry in the flag when you come to challenge. Cool. Yeah. I like that. So that's staying. I'm, I'm glad it's there. I'm glad that they made at least a note of it for us, so we can be like, oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> neat. Anyway, the challenge is literally holding up your smallest person. It is a team game. Is it? Kinda. Five minutes is not long enough. Yeah, so they're like, all right, after five minutes, one person will be taken off this rope to hold your lightest contestant. So that's a total of 20 minutes for the rest of them. Jared? Do you know how long this game was? Over two hours. Over two hours. I'm glad they had contingency plans, though. Yes. Because Rupert could have sat down there all fucking day. Uh Uh-huh. He could have done that for... I mean, I I truly believe that uh, Michelle would have given out before Rupert did if he was allowed to sit there. Yeah. The only way that I want to say that the team aspect came into play here is that for the first... 20 minutes they were trying their best to not let the last person take any weight yeah which is good and good strategy but it really was just a test of the strike for the last two people yeah it, it i think 10 to 15 would have been better 10 to 15 minutes for each individual person and like once again like austin did such a good fucking job but rupert is a monster of a man mm. i I fully believe Rupert could have gone another hour, like, when it ended. <laughs> he didn't... He wasn't even hardly wavering. Yeah. The dude's just... He's, he, he's big. He's built He's very a fucking strong. NFL defensive end. Like, he's not, but he might as well be. Yeah. Yeah. So, at an hour and 30 minutes, you have to get up and go to your feet, because they were, like, dug into the sand, which I get. Use your weight, yeah. Yep. At two hours, they were told you cannot lean on the guideposts and you cannot wrench the rope across the guideposts. You can't use leverage. You have to use only your muscle. It's just strength. And then it goes after that. So thank God they had contingency plans. And actually, I think if they would have extended it to 15 minutes, it probably would have gone longer. So... I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm okay with it. And I think challenge design... I get why it's there. I don't 
enjoy the challenge. Okay. Interesting. I don't enjoy the challenge as a team challenge. I loved this challenge. Okay. This is my favorite immunity challenge they've ever done. Okay. And it gave me chills. Ooh. Because, you're right, I mean, it was much more of an individual challenge. I I originally was like, why do they even have people suspended up there? Like, mm-hmm. just give them an equal amount of weight. Yeah. And then I realized it was very uncomfortable for the two that were up there. So, that's something. Mm-hmm. And I think that might have been more, that would have come into effect more if they would have had 15 minutes per person. And then, you're right, the challenge would have gone longer, but then it was the question of like, Hey, you people hanging up there, how long can you do this for? <laughs> they were losing circulation in their legs, so. Yeah. But Austin did not give up. Like, no. he was, his body failed him because of how difficult the challenge was. Mm-hmm. And the stakes, because Morgan could not lose, they did. But they could not afford to lose another challenge. And it was really a battle of how bad this is the best version of how bad do you want it. Yeah. Especially with the stakes. Because technically, like, sure, you always have something to lose. But, like, if Drake lost this, eh. <laughs> we see next, the preview next episode, they're like, maybe we should lose one on purpose. Maybe we should throw something. Maybe we should get Johnny Fairplay the fuck out of here. I don't know. I loved it. It was great. Okay. I love this challenge. I'm From- going gonna, gonna to propose the fixing game again. Since okay. this is just my thing. I would like to see this as an individual challenge where... Each person is holding a portion of their weight, a percentage of their weight. Oh, sure. So it's it's based on how big you are. Or, like I've seen Survivor do, based on how big you are at the start of the game. So then by the, <laughs> by the time they get to the individual portion of the game, most of them are a lot lighter. Yeah, that's interesting. Yep. I don't know. I liked it as a team challenge because it felt... It just made the stakes feel so much higher. Sure. I guess what I'm saying is that games that focus on the individual are more difficult for the audience to wrap around. Of It does put someone in a point spot, which there's validity in all of it. I get it. But also, endurance challenges where it's a timer, you're fighting the timer and you're fighting yourself, are so much more interesting when there's more people to watch. Hmm. I usually agree. Okay. But I think all of the circumstances, like, I don't know if they need to do this challenge again, but the circumstances of this season leading into this challenge are a perfect storm for this challenge. Sure. I see what you're saying. Okay. Agree to disagree. Anyway, Drake wins. And now we get into the spiral of, okay, we have these two people. What do we do? We have Lillian who is struggling to fit in a camp. She loses the fishing hook. Yeah, that probably doomed her. A little bit, yeah. And we have Dara, who... Does nothing. Doesn't do a whole lot, but she's not Lillian. And she's better at the challenges. Yes. Because I do agree. Andrew's like, I don't think Lillian could have hung up there for as long as Dara did. And I was like, I would agree. yeah, I agree. Yeah. That would be a very difficult position to be in, especially at Lillian's age. Yeah. So, everyone's kind of scrambling. Andrew kind of, like, tries to communicate with Lillian that, like, I'll tell you if it's you. I, it could be you. Like, I'm trying to be honest with you. Yeah. It could be you. 
if I know that it's you, I'll let you know. He does not let her know. He does not let her know, because she feels, she looks very blindsided at the vote. Yeah. Yeah. So, then everyone's kind of walking around scrambling. I do find it interesting that Tawana, like, is talking with Dara, and the more conversations that these people have with the, the two that are up for elimination, the more they're like, I don't know if we want to keep either of them. <laughs> Can we vote two people off? Yeah. I do think this core four in Morgan could become interesting. Okay. Which is different from the non-interesting tribes of past seasons. Because mm-hmm. there's, like, Marquesas. Like, I didn't give a shit about most people that weren't on the Sean and Boston Rob tribe. Mm-hmm. I, season two, I didn't give a shit about most of, except for, like, Alicia and Varner on that tribe. This one is interesting because for the last two episodes and most of this episode, I couldn't really find a way to give a shit about most of the Morgans, but that group of four has some charisma, Mm. even if I'm kind of over Austin. Alliances of necessity are so much more interesting to me as a viewer than alliances who formed because like, hey, I like the same things you like. I think we could be bros. Mm -hmm. Let's take this game to the end. And alliances of necessity can be broken up a lot easier. So on that, I've said that this season could become much more tribal because they are trying to make the two tribes like stab each other in the face. Mm -hmm. But if you're on the bottom after a merge of the, of the Drake Alliance, it might be easier to go over to Morgan and be like, Hey, what's up? And then, Hey, 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 what's up? Cause you can actually break them up a little easier. Let's see what you're saying. Because they weren't together because they like each other. They're together because they have to be. Sure. Hmm. Like, you can go from being on the bottom of the Drake side to being in the middle of the pack on the Morgan side post-merge. Okay. Then let's let's move over to the tribal. And <laughs> Jeff digs the knife in immediately. Oh, immediately. He's like, hey, you are one of the losingest tribes ever. <laughs> and he's right. They have... They have not won a single challenge yet. Nope. They even lost the village, which wasn't a challenge. But it was, really. Yeah. 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 And, I don't know. Like, they, they keep trying to defend it. Like, Tawana's like, yeah, we, I think we have a better tribe than they do. We just keep screwing it up. And Ryan O is like, I don't know. I believe we're unified. But the hesitation is there. So no one is willing to admit, like, Things aren't going right. But you also don't want to be that guy at Tribal that, like, yeah, everything sucks. Yeah, he left last episode. That guy got voted out. So, (laughs) I mean, Andrew kind of cuts through the crap and is like, yeah, we're losing and it sucks. Mm -hmm. But I I don't believe that they're cope. Like, that they're coping. Like, this doesn't feel like copium to me. This feels like, yeah, we got beat bad these last two challenges, mostly because one guy. Like, I, who knows? I, I, Austin beats any other person. I think in that challenge, in that immunity challenge, Austin beats most, if not every single other contestant that has played Survivor mm. thus far. You know? And the other challenges they've lost have been really, really close. Yeah. So, yeah. Honestly, I wouldn't feel bad losing a physical challenge to a mountain man. No! So, Yeah. Also, one very small thing to note, there's a torch that I know it's far enough behind Jeff, but the wind is, like, whipping, and it looks like the fire is, like, an inch from his face. And I know it's not. I know it's a perspective, a trick (laughs) of the eye, but I'm like, Jeff, (laughs) 
Jeff, you're going to get burned, my guy. Man, Jeff, no. Uh, yeah, Andrew says, next challenge, we're going to come out on top. He's calling his shot. This is it. We're turning it around. <laughs> Interesting little conversation, though. At the tail end, they're like, all right, let's talk at the two people who are up for elimination here. Yeah. Dara, I- I'm not good at building a fire. That's Lillian's job. What? Dara. Dara, you have no game sense. Yeah. You just gave them a reason to get rid of you. Yeah. And keep, and like by giving your, like the other person you know is on the chopping block, their resume. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Lillian takes it and runs with it. Like, I, I'd like to think I'm valuable. I Hopefully they'll consider my work ethic when they're voting. They don't. No. She reminds me of the first boot in Australia a little bit. Mm, I see what you're saying. Yeah. It's, there's a certain type of contestant that comes on this show and they're like, I have a good work ethic. Good for you. Like, (laughs) that, having a good work ethic is table stakes. Mm -hmm. That cannot be your only personality. I agree. I think there's something to be said with the, she came in, she doesn't have the ability to lie and to scheme. She's playing the game the way she knows how. And it's, I'm going to work hard at camp. I'm going to do my best, even if she <laughs> fails at fishing. Yeah. And I'm going to, like, try to make friends. But if they don't like me, then I'm. there's nothing I can do about that. Yeah. Except you could be more likable. Mm. Like, Lillian's fun to watch. I, and I'm, I'm sure Lillian's likable, but, like... You can't be like, cool, I'm going to go fishing in the morning. And then they go, wait for a second person. And then you go, yeah. no, I'm going to go do it alone. Yeah, that was very problematic. And it seems like that kind of stuff's been popping up the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Lillian... Oh, wait. Do you want to talk about the Reese stuff? Yes. Because that's that was... I was fucking rolling, man. Lillian is voted out, and it's a five to one? Yeah. Five, is that and, my numbers? Yeah, yeah, five to one. And the, the when the second Lillian vote is read... It's done. You, and she you know. knows it. And she her knows. face shows it, and she is just trying to stay composed. Yeah. There's definitely the, the watery eyes look that you're like, aw. Yep. You poor girl. And then this poor woman has to walk up for Jeff to snuff her torch, and he has to do it twice! Yeah, Jeff says that, uh... Guess they don't want you to leave. <laughs> yeah. Her torch can't be snuffed. She's like, let me try that again. Apparently they don't want you to go. And Lillian's like, yeah, right. I I love that scene. It's a they, good scene. They could have easily cut that out, but I think it's it, it's important character-wise. I think just yeah. all in all, I think it's great. I do want to talk about the, the voting confessionals, though, because they only showed the two voting confessionals, and they could not have been more different. Correct. Uh, Dara, who comes in and is like, uh, honestly, Lillian's a great worker. Lillian's... Doing her thing. And folds it up, puts it in the thing. And Lillian comes in, she's like, Dara sucks. <laughs> Go home, Dara. Like, oh, okay. Gee, I wonder why your tribe got rid of you, Lillian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in her post-game, she's like, I'm, I'm not real good at lying and deceit. And you're right, you're not. You're not real good at human interaction. In the context of Survivor. Because, like, I I don't think there was a lot of deceit going on at Morgan. 
I don't think that, they, except for Andrew not telling you that you were getting voted out, like, mm-hmm. you knew you were on the chopping block. You knew it was between one or two people. You weren't blindsided. You, nobody's been lying to you. You've just been hard to work with. At what point are you up Shit's Creek without a paddle because of just who you are? Do you, do you fault Lillian for not trying to be different, or do you fault, like, just her differences in her voting out? I acknowledge the challenge because she seems very different from the rest of her tribe, mm-hmm. but it doesn't seem to me like she put in an effort to cohabitate with the rest of her tribe very well. Okay. It seems like she wanted things her way or the highway. Okay. And Rhino talks about it. He's like, we can't all just be going off different directions. And I commented last episode, like, it feels like there aren't, like, there's no cohesion in their camp. And it seems like that could be partially a Lillian problem. Sure. And I, I see what you're saying. Um, let me let me phrase it this way. If, say, I know they don't exist, but say she has an immunity idol, she gets wind of this, she plays it because she doesn't feel safe, and she comes back, is there any chance for her working with these people again? If she... She could Kathy it. Kathy had this problem, actually, and Kathy probably should have won Marquesas. Mm. She, Kathy came in as very different and had uh, very particular ways that she wanted things done, and she got lucky and didn't go home early. Sure. And then she realized, wait a minute. <laughs> I have... She doesn't have to change who she is, but she has to change her tactics of how to work with people. So she would have to have a Kathy-like approach to things okay yeah or do you just hope to get to the merge and then jump ship that doesn't solve your underlying problem Mm. if you're hard to work with it doesn't matter who the people are for the most part okay fair sorry we don't need to keep talking about no i this is it's a fascinating question who is your protagonist of the episode uh andrew Mm. actually yeah uh this is the story of andrew trying to get morgan's shit together (laughs) and Getting very close. This episode could have gone very differently, literally, if Rupert didn't exist. Mm. Yeah, okay. Well, Lillian does not come back. Lillian yeah. is... Uh, this is the... She does not do any more seasons, and honestly, there there's some stuff about her on there. She talks to some, some podcasts. There is a weird, like death rumor like i i find stuff that's even still up right now like a post from no not too long ago that like people there was a rumor that she died and apparently it was very quickly like shot down that like pretty easy to debunk i'm alive i swear (laughs) um that's one that's one of those things that uh yeah it doesn't doesn't say a rumor for long yeah there there's some good stuff uh she talks to the Purple Rock podcast. Uh, if you want to go look at that, you can do that. There's some spoiler information for this season, and she talks about future seasons. So mm-hmm. if, if you're following along with us to be like, hey, I want to avoid future season spoilers, don't look at this. But there's some good stuff in there that I won't get into because we can't do that on this show. I can't go listen to it. I can't spoil you. How do you think she does in Future Survivor? I mean, I don't think she goes home as early just because the odds of her being on a tribe that loses 
three immunities in a row, the first three immunities is slim. But, yeah, I mean, it's it doesn't seem like she is a good contestant for this game, and I don't really ever see her making a merge unless mm. she's on a tribe that, like, only has to vote, like, one person out. Like, I don't think she's the first person you get rid of, and she has a good work, work ethic, and she's good in camp. But the social side of the game and the cohabitating and working with people does not seem to be something that she likes or is particularly good at. And I feel bad for her for that. Okay. All right. Then that's all we got. Shall we end the episode? Yeah. Let's go watch some more. Hi, you. With a meow. With a meow bumper. (laughs) That'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. Jared, we're going to go walk out into the room, watch another episode, and record it. Come back on in here. Let's do it again. What would you like to promote? Uh, I would like to promote basically what we talked about at the beginning. Throwing loosely themed parties with people, and like inviting people you don't know that well. Just like invite people. Yeah. Just have social outings. It's fun. It's something that I think I didn't appreciate as much until the pandemic. Yeah. I had a good time. I, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I'm, I'm not one that has to be like, I have to throw the party. I'm, I'm cool going to the party. Yeah. Uh, especially when I cleaned up this morning. Yeah, I really did enjoy, and I meant to offer to help you clean up. Uh, fine. I did it before you even got here. I know. Um, I sort of enjoy the pseudo-hosting that I got to do. I got all the benefits and none of the downsides. Yeah, that's, that's very good. That's a good position to be that's in. a good position to be in. Uh, I'm going to promote building a trivia game for your party. It was a good time. People enjoyed it. And the horse race game. If you want to play this horse race game, it's called Ready, Set, Bet. I know I've promoted it before, but it is, it's fun. It's fun, especially for groups of eight. If you have a group of eight Mm. and you play it like it is, an over-the-top simulation of actual horses, it's great. If you play it just like roll the dice mine, number one moves, number three moves. You need a a theatrical announcer. Yeah. Naming the horses. It did. For my co-host Jared, this is Steven. For my host Steven, this is Jared. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.